0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a privilege to welcome you today, this last Sunday of October, which also is our celebration of the Reformation, that great movement that swept across the Western Church 500 years ago as a reform and renewal and restoration that, has, we believe, had a positive impact on the whole Church throughout God's time. So, happy Reformation Sunday. As we continue to gather, let me remind you that you may be in touch with us for prayer or simply sending messages or to send in your financial support by using the addresses that are now being printed on your screen. We continue to offer this online version of worship, but we also are worshiping on the church campus now every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning. We have a full kids program for kindergarten through sixth grade, and so we would encourage you to give that a try sometime if you feel comfortable. Tomorrow which in this case would be October 26th, we will have a congregational meeting at 6 o'clock in the evening using Zoom. This is a very important meeting and we need the members of our congregation to show up so that we can nominate and then elect our new elders and deacons and members of the nominating committee itself. If you'll consult the emails that you have received from me in the last few days, there is a link by which you may sign up. We hope the meeting will be no more than 20 to 30 minutes, and we'd encourage again all of you who are members to sign up so that we have a quorum. We look forward to seeing you there. We are putting together an Advent devotional that will be emailed to everybody on our list uh, every uh, morning in the season of Advent. And we're encouraging your participation in that by writing uh, devotionals or sending in poems or perhaps favorite songs. You may write to Laura Metzger, the editor of that devotional, uh, using the address that is printed on your screen. Next Sunday is All Saints Day when we celebrate the church triumphant, all of those who have gone to be with the Lord. And to help us celebrate that, we would invite you to send us photos of your dearly departed loved ones who now are with God in heaven. You can send them to the email address Holly C at villagechurch.org that is printed on your screen. Please do that within the next couple of days, and we will highlight those and feature those in next week's video worship. Now we have a special Moment for Stewardship presented to us by Malcolm Lloyd-Smith.
1: Hello, everyone. In this year of the pandemic, like many of you, I've had to learn how to Zoom. I've had to learn MS Teams. I've had to learn how to physically distance from people and I've had to learn how to work from home. And I've also learned that it's not as easy as it used to be to get a haircut. But through all of this, and through these strange times, the Village Church, which has been our rock and the the center of our lives since we came to live here in San Diego, the Village Church has stayed strong. And for that, I thank the pastors, the staff of the church, the choir, the contemporary service. And I think we all agree that the online service that we see, whether it's on a Sunday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, whenever it is, that service that comes into our home online is very reassuring. And at times I've actually thought that it's, it's too good, it's done too well. But through this strange time of the pandemic, We need to continue to support the church. We need to give, and that's why we as a family have always given to the church and we will continue to give to the church. On Friday evenings, um, now that I know exactly how to use Zoom, a group of uh, friends from the church, we meet every single Friday evening. We've been doing it for about seven months. And one of the um, beneficial side effects, if you like, is that um, we've come closer as, as a group of friends, and we continue to do this. And so that's one of the advantages, if you like, of this social distancing world in which we live. But recently, you all received a copy of a pledge card in the mail, and I would ask you all to prayerfully think about what you are able to do so that the church can continue to support the missions near and far. So if you could complete the card and mail it back to the church, that would really be tremendous. So thank you all very much for doing that and supporting the church. And having said that, maybe now is the time that I need to make a real effort to get my head.
0: Thank you, Malcolm, for sharing that word of encouragement as we all want to support and maintain the life of our church here in Rancho Santa Fe. Let's be called to worship, then, as we focus our hearts and minds, thinking of these words from the 16th Psalm. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Friends, let's worship the living God.
2: On this Reformation Sunday, we affirm and remember that we are a people of the Reformation and we are people in Reformation. As the Spirit of Jesus Christ continually shapes and forms His image and His love and His life in our own hearts and in our lives, let us take this time to confess our sins seeking God's reforming work in our lives. Let us pray. God of our fathers and mothers, You raised up brave and able leaders to reform the church. We confess that we have lost our way again and need new reformation. We are content with easy religion, with too much comfort and too little charity. We cultivate indifference and neglect compassion. Lord, let your word shake us up and your spirit renew us so that we may repent, have better faith, and never shrink from the duty and joy of building up your kingdom In the name of Jesus Christ, the only Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Friends and sisters and brothers in Christ, the Protestant Reformers of the 16th century affirmed that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, so that being saved, we may give God glory alone. Let us receive and believe and trust in that great news that in Jesus Christ alone, we are saved by his life, death, and resurrection. And everyone says, Alleluia and Amen. May the peace of Jesus Christ be with you. Because God has given us peace with him and with one another, share signs of God's love and peace with those who are with you. And indeed, this day and throughout the week and every day, share signs of God's love and peace for all of us and your neighbors and the world need it. Amen. (laughs) Amen.
3: Good morning, children, and welcome to another Kids' Message. Today is the last Sunday of the month of October, and for this morning, I'm going to read a verse for you all that really sums up everything we've been talking about when it comes to our word integrity. I'm going to be reading from the Kids' Bible that I have here in my office at the church, and if you have a Bible at home, go ahead and grab that and follow along with me. Our verse is going to be from Philippians 4:8, which is located more towards the back of the Bible in the New Testament, as you can see here in my Bible. If you are following along with your Bible, be reminded that it's a great practice to read from your Bible that you have at home. If you don't have one, know that we can always get you a Bible that you can have at home, or you can follow along with us on the screen as the verse is listed. I'm gonna go ahead and read, so follow along with me. Our verse says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This year has been full of changes and hard times for all of us. And this verse reminds us that even through those hard times, God wants us to put it into practice, what it means to have integrity. And one of those ways is that we can be thinking about all the good things in our lives, all of the good, all of the lovely, all of the praiseworthy things that he's blessed us with. Maybe in your life, those good things are your family that loves you so much. Maybe it's siblings that you get to play with. Maybe it's friends that you get to see at school or online in your classes. Whatever those good things are, be thinking about that this morning as we wrap up the month of October. God wants us to know that he is with us through the hard times and that we can put it into practice what it means to have integrity and be thinking about all of those good things that he's truly blessed us with. For this morning, as I've been talking, you might have noticed these Halloween items that are located behind me. What are those for? If you haven't already sent us your address, please do so and send that to my email. We're gonna be dropping off Youth Been Boo bags Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. We just wanted to send you all something that says that we're thinking about you and that we love you. So if you'd like to be a part of that, go ahead and send us your address and we'll make sure that you receive one of those bags. We miss seeing all of you. And if we're not seeing you in person, we're just so thankful that we get to connect with you all online. I'll see you all back here next week. Next
4: week, as we start the month of November. Bye bye. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, ransom me. And like a flood, His mercy He will my shield and portion be, as long as life endures. My chains are gone. dreams are, are gone, gone. sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine. You are forever
5: The greatest comfort we have is through prayer. We join each other as we pray together, even silently the Lord is with us. I will lead us in a pastoral prayer and then we'll invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray together. Holy Spirit of God, guide us this morning as we pray to the Father through the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our praise and devotion are for you, our God who is with us, our God and King, deliverer and counselor. May our hearts swell with the knowledge of your love for us and the presence always in every situation. We need reminding of this, Lord, that you will never leave or forsake us. In fact, you not only restore us through your son, Jesus, but he is our righteousness the one who is just and makes our burdens light. and that confidence, we pray for our world. We pray for Nigeria and the conflict and violent responses to protests. We pray for the increasing number affected by the pandemic, especially in Europe and the Americas. We pray for the many families separated either by those seeking asylum or those separated in quarantine due to the deadly virus. Help us, Lord, to remember that we belong to you exclusively, not to a political party or to an organization or even a cause. We are yours and you are Lord of our conscience. We affirm your guidance for the many who have already voted and for the many who will be voting soon. Let us never take for granted the freedom we have through your grace to vote without fear of bodily harm or threats. Teach us to be gracious in all areas of life, even in a year of such challenges. Lord, we need your rest promised, that light yoke you provide. Speak through our pastor, Jack, as he brings the good news of living confidently as we follow your son, Jesus. Continue to bless your church everywhere and give boldness to each Christian leader to live a righteous life as a model and as a reflection of your son Jesus, in whose name we pray the prayer he taught us, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
4: I believe in the resurrection that he eternal i believe in the virgin birth i believe in the saints communion and in your holy church i believe in the resurrection when jesus comes again for i believe in the name of jesus yes i believe in the name
6: Let us begin our time in the scriptures with a prayer for illumination. Please join me in prayer. Gracious Lord, like Nicodemus, we come to the word with many questions. Like the Pharisees, we can be captivated by correctness, intent on right answers. As we turn to your word, Spirit of God, Do not let our desire for information dominate our need for transformation. Let us hear the word and be moved to greater faith and obedience. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And now a reading from the letter to the Romans. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested, by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. The Word of the Lord.
0: Many of you have commented to me over the last few months as you have participated in these online presentations of worship. You've uh, mentioned how you have enjoyed the backdrops that we've been able to put together here. And of course, Helen has been instrumental in helping me put those together. And so every week we sit down and chat a little bit about the sermon and about what I'm going to be talking about. And she says, well, let me think about what we can use as a backdrop. She's been doing some of our flower arrangements and creating some of these other interesting scenes that you see. So this last week, I was a little bit worried because I knew the kind of object that I wanted to use, but I wasn't at all sure that we would be able to come up with something. And so I said to Helen earlier this week, I said, you know, I'm not a farmer never have been really and but what i need is is an old fashioned yoke the kind of thing that you put over the shoulders maybe of a team of oxen so that they can pull a wagon or pull a plow that's what a yoke is i'm sure you've seen them if you haven't used them yourselves and so i said to helen i said i'd love to have a yoke but i just don't know how we would come up with one and she got this interesting little grin on her face and went out to the garage and rummaged around for a while and then came back with this. Let me show it to you. This is actually an antique yoke. We don't really know how old it is, but it came from, we believe, the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky, where Helen's family is from. It is a yoke that was designed to be used by a single person. Let me try to demonstrate it for you here. It goes over the shoulders like this, and the weight of whatever you're carrying is distributed evenly on your shoulders. And so let's say, for instance, that you had a couple of gourds and you're going down to the river to get some water. You would get the water from the river or from the well, and then you would put the gourds on the sides of the yoke, as I'm trying to demonstrate here, not very gracefully, And then you would be able to carry the weight on your shoulders. Isn't that fascinating? An old-fashioned, simple tool for carrying a heavy burden. I'm not going to wear this thing while I preach, so let me take it off here. And we'll leave it there on the wall. Well, I want to talk about a yoke today. And I want to begin to do that as we think about the life of Martin Luther. We're celebrating the Reformation, as I mentioned before. And in many ways, Martin Luther was the pivotal figure of the Reformation. I'm sure many of you have studied the life of Luther, how he was a Roman Catholic priest in Germany in the late 1400s and into the early 1500s. As a Catholic priest, he was well-versed in the theology of the Church, But he found himself incredibly burdened by guilt, by shame, by fear. His Christian faith was something that that was not at all a fun or easy or life-giving thing. Instead, he was terrified because of the guilt that he felt as a sinner. He was terrified because of the shame that he felt for the fact that he knew he was not living up to God's way in every single aspect of his life. He was afraid because he realized that he could not be as righteous as Jesus, and he worried for his own eternal soul as well as the souls of everyone else on earth, believing that. He had to be perfect in order to be loved and saved by God. Can you think about the kind of burden there would be in your heart, knowing that you could never be good enough for God? That was the yoke, that was the burden that Martin Luther had on his shoulders until one moment when he was reading the scriptures and he opened his Bible to the first chapter of the book of Romans, and he read this passage, Romans 1, verses 16 to 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith. Now, Luther had seen that passage many times before, but in this particular moment, he suddenly realized what it was talking about. He suddenly realized that we are saved by God's grace, that we have eternal life and life now. We have a relationship with God, not because we deserve it, not because we can earn it, but because God simply gives it to us out of his love for us. He wrote that it was like a huge burden being lifted off of his soul, the burden of guilt and shame and fear. He he wrote that he realized finally that, that that faith is something that God gives to us, that we choose to have something that that opens the doorway to us to have a relationship with God that that God has already opened and invites us to walk through. Now let's look more deeply at, at, at what Luther began to understand and what we understand now is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only do we live by faith in God's grace, we live by faith or faithfulness. We live the rest of our lives, starting here and now, as faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul, as he wrote his letter to the Romans, described more of what he meant in that opening phrase from the first chapter. In chapter 3, 21, a passage of scripture that we had read for us this morning, we read that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Everyone sins. Everyone does not deserve God's love, and yet we receive God's love. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but then God forgives. We reach out and accept that forgiveness. Later on in chapter 6, Paul says that Christians are like people who have died to sin. That sin is forgiven. Jesus died for that sin. We died to that sin. And therefore, we are moving into a life that is not full of sin. As we follow Jesus, we move away from the sin that held us down, the sin from which Jesus delivers us, and we move into a life of righteousness, of learning to live Jesus' way. We live that way not because we're trying to earn God's love, but because we realize God loves us, and then we follow God as we know him in Jesus to learn that way of righteousness. We move away from that which is not Jesus, and we move toward that which is Jesus. That's how Luther began to understand what Christian life is all about. And of course, Luther was simply understanding what had always been the message of the church but had been corrupted and corroded and hidden and distorted over the centuries. We who are of the Protestant history always want to hold on to that truth. And, and truth be told, all Christians, regardless of denominational stripe, always try to hold on to that truth. But there's more to it than just accepting God's love and forgiveness and, and being freed by that, having that, that yoke lifted off of our shoulders. Later on, as he continues in chapter 6, Paul says that, that all of this has happened so that we too might walk in newness of life. So that we too might walk in newness of life. You see, Christ has given us new life, not just eternal life. After we die. What Paul means is that Christ gives us new life now. We start on a different pathway with God. And that's what we want to describe and think about a little bit more. The life now that we live. Now, as I'm preaching, I realize that someone listening, maybe even I, may may die tomorrow. And receive that gift of eternal life from God, and and that's well, that's good, that's guaranteed. But for now, while we live this life on this earth, what does that mean? Well, to understand more of what that means, let's turn to the Gospel according to Matthew. You heard this read earlier before, but I want to read it again because it's so pivotal to our Christian life. It's something that you should probably memorize Let me read that passage for you again, but this time a different translation, that done by Gene Peterson in his translation of the New Testament called The Message. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound attractive? Doesn't that sound like something you would want? Well, of course it does. To live freely and lightly without a heavy burden on us. Well, let's think about that a little bit more. How does that happen? How do we get that kind of a yoke on us? Well, notice Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, Jesus. You see, we believe as Christians that in Jesus we have the perfect expression, the perfect description, the perfect example of a human being living as God would have us live. Jesus doesn't just say, pray pray to God. Go to God, but come to me. It's in Jesus himself and what he said and what he did and who he was that we find this new life where the burden of the heavy yoke is lifted. Jesus, who was real flesh, real blood and real time and real history, living our life so that we could see it perfectly, unmistakably. That's who we come to, is Jesus. He says, I will lift the burden from you. You're weary. I'm going to take that away from you. What are the burdens that you have in your life? What wears you out in your life? For Luther, it was guilt and shame and fear and his knowledge, his conviction that he simply could not possibly live up to the demands of a God who wanted to make sure that he checked every box. What is the burden that you have? Maybe it's the same guilt and fear and shame. You're not convinced that God loves you regardless of who you are and what you have done. Or maybe it's other things. Things like anger and hopelessness and addiction and self-loathing and narcissism and selfishness and and hatred. Maybe hatred for yourself or, or hatred of other people. Maybe you are burdened with The the responsibility that you feel for being your own God. Trying to find your own way in life without direction, without wisdom, without encouragement, without help. Those are all things that burden us today and have burdened human beings for all of their existence, I'm sure. Jesus says, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you an easy burden, a light load. That means lots of things, of course. Rest in knowing that we are forgiven. Lightness in knowing that God has absolved us of our sin, that God continually, always offers His grace to us. Even when we fail and stumble, He's there to pick us up and keep us going. It's the the grace of an easy life where we put down the burden of all of those other things that weigh us down. Jesus said that we could have that kind of life, the easy life, the burdenless life that comes as we follow Him. Do you believe Jesus? If you believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that He was resurrected from the grave, that He was with God from the very beginning of time and will be with God through all of time, that He is God, do you believe Jesus when He says that when we come to Him and that we follow Him, that we can have that kind of life? Many Christians seem not to believe that. They'll accept Jesus' forgiveness, but they won't accept Jesus' offer of learning his way of life in the world. And that's finally where we want to focus. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, you and I do not have the option of having no yoke whatsoever. We must have some kind of direction, some kind of Lord, some kind of master, some kind of burden on us that we carry, something that helps us get through life. We might believe in some other God, some other philosophy, some other system. We might believe in absolutely nothing, which is its own form of belief. We might believe in ourselves. We might be our own gods. The simple fact is we do not have a choice of following something, someone, somehow, some way. We must follow, and what Jesus offers us is the opportunity to follow him. Not to follow our own selfish desires, not to follow our own misguided ways, not to follow our own limited knowledge and wisdom and understanding, but to follow him. And as we follow him, as we take on the yoke that he gives to us, We are refreshed, as Dale Bruner says, and we are equipped. We find refreshment, the the heavy guilt of burden and sin and hopelessness and confusion. All of that goes away as we learn to follow Jesus' way, and that's how he equips us then. He teaches us how to live that life that is in perfect relationship with God, and, and, and receives God's power into our lives every single day. Taking the yoke of Jesus that he offers to you is all about letting him be the Lord of your life. The Lord, not one among many, not second to your own way of thinking, Not second to what some other preacher even might tell you, but but letting Him be the Lord. We learn not just about Jesus, but we learn from Jesus. We walk with Him. Someone pointed out that a, a yoke is something that you move with. You don't just stand there. You don't just sit there whether it's an individual yoke like this one behind me or, or a yoke that you might put around a, a couple of oxen or cows or horses even to help them move forward. It's something that's active, something that's alive because Jesus is active and alive and present with you in your life. It's another thing he said, you know, when he came back from death, he said, I am with you always to the close of the age. Do you believe that? I do. And I'm learning it even more and more. Now, when we take that yoke of Jesus upon us, what that means is that it's there always, 24-7, 365. You and I learn to live the way that Jesus lived in the habits and routines of life with him. I'm going to be talking a lot more about what those are as we move on over the next few Sundays. But let me make this point as clear as I possibly can. That the Christian life is not just about believing that God loves you or you're going to go to heaven someday. The Christian life is about taking up the yoke that Jesus offers you, the yoke of a relationship with him and learning from him how to have that heavenly kind of life right now. And that's the kind of thing that gives us relief from all of the burden. The burdens of confusion and fear and anger and addiction and selfishness and pride and hatred and all those things that make our lives so miserable and all of those things that lead us to make life miserable for everybody else. This last week, I was at the church late one night and as you know, we've been opening again some of the regular activities in the life of the church. They're all outside. They're all according to the protocols that we've learned to follow. But I listened in for just a few moments, more observed than listened, the first Alcoholics Anonymous group to come back to the church campus. We have several AA groups and Al-Anon groups that meet at the church regularly through the week, or we did have before the pandemic. We are welcoming them back now on campus. And I was i was so proud. I was so happy. I was so gratified, not for anything that we are doing, but for the simple fact that here was a group of people who realize that their lives have gone awry and they need to learn a different way of life. Not a life filled with addiction, but a life filled with following that higher power that they accept. That's really the dynamic of what we're talking about for all of us. You don't have to be alone in life. You don't have to be left to your own devices. You don't have to be left to wallow in your dysfunctional ways. You can learn a new way of life as you take on Jesus. So let me ask you again, as I always do, have you come to him Have you taken his yoke upon you in this life now? Are you learning from him? You see, following Jesus is the easiest thing in the world. It's not easy, but it's the easiest because it's the best. It's the only way that works. Try living life without Jesus. Try living life according to your own devices, your own power, your own wisdom. It doesn't work so well. The only way that life works and the way to have the best life, the good life, the life free of guilt and shame, the life free of anything that would weigh you down, is by following Jesus.
5: Will you do that? Amen. Having heard the word both read and spoken, let us together affirm our faith by saying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried,
0: As we get ready to leave each other's company in this worship service, let me ask you to search yourself today. Search deep into your soul, into your thoughts, into your experiences, into what your life is today. Are you tired? Are you afraid? Are you angry? Are you confused? Are you hopeless? Ask yourself today maybe if learning from Jesus would be better. I believe it is. Ask Jesus to teach you. Give yourself to the task of learning his way. He loves you. You can trust him. The only question is, will you trust him to be your Lord today? Will you take on that yoke? I hope you will. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen.